0: Welcome to The Common Share, a podcast about cooperative businesses. I'm Asa Marshall with Cooperatives First, an organization that promotes cooperative business development in rural and Indigenous communities across Western Canada. For more information on us and what we do, visit cooperativesfirst.com. If you need resources for starting your own co-op, check out coopcreator.com. This is a great resource site that has everything you need to get a co-op up and running. Housing cooperatives can be a great option for those looking for secure and sometimes affordable places to live. There are over 2,200 non-profit housing co-ops across Canada, which house about 250,000 people. Western Canada has just over 400 housing co-ops, and most of these are in British Columbia. BC has around 275 housing co-ops, with just under 16,000 units. The three prairie provinces, in contrast, only have about 129 housing co-ops between them, totaling just over 6,700 units. So in this episode, we spoke to two co-op experts on two different types of housing co-ops. First, we spoke to Tim Ross, who is the Executive Director of the Cooperative Housing Federation of Canada based in Ottawa. We were lucky enough to catch up with him when he spoke at the Canadian Centre for the Study of Cooperatives at the University of Saskatchewan about cooperative enterprise and the Canadian housing market. He had some great things to say about the nonprofit cooperative housing sector in Canada. Thanks for coming in today, Tim. We're glad to catch you while you're in Saskatoon. So, uh, yeah, thanks very much for being here.
1: Really happy to be here. Thank you.
0: Starting from the basics, for those who don't know, how do you define a housing cooperative?
1: Well, it's, a, it's homes, it's housing that's uh, built on the cooperative business values and, and principles. And in the majority of cases in Canada, uh, housing cooperatives are are nonprofits as well, and there's really um, four main distinctions that I like to talk about that differentiate housing co-ops from other options on the market. You know, the first is the members have security of, of tenure. So if you respect the uh, your responsibilities and obligations to uh, to the co-op, you you get to enjoy those benefits and there's no risk of being renovated or displaced uh, your you know your home can't be sold from underneath you so that security of tenure is uh, is really important especially today and when people are experiencing a lot of volatility and disruption in the quality of their their housing across the country the second feature that people really like and it's that you know money talks and co-ops are more affordable than anything else that you can get on the rental market, and it's also affordable, uh, affordable forever. The the fourth is um, co-ops build stronger communities. I, you know, I had the pleasure of meeting some uh, members of Crestview Co-op last night. It's a seniors co-op, uh, 55 plus, and it's the the type of uh, type of neighborhood, the type of co-op. Where uh, over 50 people come to the common room every day for for a cup of coffee, uh, so that's really really neat. So it's the kind of place where you can knock on your neighbor's door and you know you get that cup of sugar. So um, a lot of people are lonely and isolated, whether you're living in the burbs or you're you know uh, you're working really hard or maybe you're uh, maybe you're a senior and you're you're distant from family. Co-ops offer that that stronger community. And then uh, and then the fourth uh, piece, and I already spoke to this a little bit, but it's um, co-ops are democratic and, and principled businesses, uh, there's no outside landlord, uh, democracy is actually your landlord. Did you say
0: most co-ops in, in Canada are non-profit and, and is that a legislative thing or why is that the way it's kind of been structured in Canada?
1: That's a good question, and you know I'm not a I'm not a historian, but I can share um, points of observation that I've had. So we we do see the majority of housing co-ops are uh, non-profit continuing housing cooperatives. This is the result of uh, a fairly robust partnership with the federal government through the '70s and '80s that saw as a strategic program imperative the uh, development of community housing on a non-profit and cooperative basis across the country. So uh, today there's over 2,300 housing co-ops in every province and territory, about 98,000 units across the country and home to about a quarter of a million Canadians. And, and these co-ops operate on a, on a not-for-profit basis. We do see some uh, what are called equity co-ops. They're a little bit more rare. And the majority of equity co-ops or or more home ownership style cooperatives exist due to the fact that they were a mechanism that predates condominium legislation. But we're seeing maybe a a bit more interest and a little bit of a comeback and some some creative blending of the uh, more uh, conventional not-for-profit cooperative and some limited equity or shared equity cooperatives as well uh, as a bit of a comeback just because of the volatility and, and the lack of supply and affordability in the housing market across the country.
0: Mm-hmm. And you mentioned just uh, the the affordability of housing co-ops and there was a bit of discussion last night at the presentation about that as well. So uh, can you talk a little bit more about why housing cooperatives tend to be more affordable than private rentals or private condos?
1: There's a, there's a few factors that contribute to that. First is the democratic and principled business structure, that responsiveness to the people who live there, that accountability to, to people first and not profit first. So there are safety valves and, and lots of member oversight and engagement through Uh, An elected board of directors to make sure that the business is running effectively and efficiently and that there's uh, not a profit margin that's leaving the community. A second factor uh, is the, uh, as I mentioned earlier, in the 70s and 80s in Canada, uh, we saw a significant boom in the development of cooperative homes. This is, you know, these cooperatives today are are affordable because of that partnership with uh, and sponsorship by the federal government through long-term rental uh, and operating subsidies.
0: In your presentation as well, you talked about co-op housing as a vaccine that inoculates the housing market. So can you go into that a little more? What did you mean by that?
1: (laughs) Well, housing is a top of mind issue for many. Doesn't matter where you are in the country, whether you're in a boom or a bust Mm -hmm. cycle, there's just a, a severe lack of choice and affordability in the market and we really think that housing co-ops play a valuable role in providing more choice and, and affordability in the housing market. There's almost 1.7 million Canadians in core housing need in Canada, and 40% of renters are, are overpaying for for housing. So, if you're if you're in a situation where you're overpaying for housing, you're forced to forego the other Basic goods and services you need to to be fully included in your community and and the economy, and then you don't you don 't have any money left over to save for the the future so that's very uh, it's very hard on people, but it's also uh, restricts the potential of our communities and our, our economy as well so amid all this volatility in the market and all the booms and busts in the housing market and amid the lack of choice and affordability. Housing cooperatives are, are an island uh, of safety where people can have true, you know, security and peace of mind. And and co-ops are largely, not, not completely, but they are vaccinated from the boom and bust volatility of the housing market. And so we just like to be able to offer that to more people because housing co-ops are only 1% of the housing market and shrinking as a share Given the number of new housing starts we see every year across the country.
0: There's a lot of places in the world where housing co-ops take up a much larger share of, of the housing supply in those countries, and yet in Canada it's so small. So do you have any insight into why in Canada that it's been used so much less than say in, in Europe or, or other parts of the world?
1: Oh that's a bit of a that's a that's a million dollar yeah. question. A few factors I think Sometimes, whether it's a market or a community or a government, they really don't respond. They don't take a proactive role on on issues. Um, governments, especially, are are largely reactive. And with all the noise in the housing market and and all the uh, fixation on on home ownership, people don't necessarily know what to ask for. So, you know. We would, that's why we're uh, talking with you today, you know, we're hoping that if a co-op sounds, you know, good for you and good for someone you know or good for your community, um, we're hoping that people will start to really demand that very clearly. Uh, So housing co-ops are 1% of, of the housing market. Imagine if that could be 2% or even 5% or even 10% so that every, one in every 10 homes in Canada is is cooperative and vaccinated against that volatility and giving more people security and peace of mind. Uh, um, I, I, I hope we can uh, start moving in that direction.
0: Can you talk a little bit about what trends you maybe see across the country and why it might be more popular in some areas than, than others?
1: Well, what's interesting is... Uh, co-ops are in really all markets across the country uh, so we we know it we know it works in rural settings uh, whether you're in Carate New Brunswick or in suburban settings and uh, Brampton and it works in uh, urban settings like here in in Saskatoon so um, it is uh, very versatile and, and responsive form of housing that uh, meets people's needs and and so it so there are you know i wanted to clarify that this isn't just a big city option for folks it works in all markets in all places but in terms of regional trends that we're seeing it's it's interesting that just given the severity of the housing crisis in you know in vancouver in the lower mainland of british columbia our colleagues in BC have found really great partners to ignite new development of housing cooperatives in Vancouver and and in, uh, and elsewhere, and and a trend to see cooperatives developed um, not from scratch, um, which is uh, you know it's one way to develop a housing cooperative, but to exa- expand an existing portfolio and protect it. By using something called a community land trust, much like a, if you imagine a, a nature trust or a, a national park, it uh, it takes land out of the volatility of the spec uh, the speculative market, and keeps it for a particular use in perpetuity. Uh, so the um, the co-ops that are developed through the land trust, the land is. Protected in perpetuity uh, for its intended purpose of, you know, providing cooperative homes for, for folks in that particular neighborhood. Um, what it also allows, though, uh, is for partnerships maybe across different forms of housing and different uses of land uh, for you know rental, affordable home ownership, or or some commercial development. It provides maybe a little bit more flexibility.
0: What are the benefits of living, other than affordability, in a housing cooperative as opposed to a condo or something like that?
1: Well, it, it, you, in a co-op you can live independently but you have neighbours who care. Uh, so that's a, that's a really positive uh, aspect of, of living in a housing co-op. You, you have stronger communities. Uh, the Sarsi Meadows Co-op in, in Calgary won our Award for Cooperative Achievement a couple of years ago for their Women's Circle project. Due to the influx of Syrian refugees in 2015-2016, the uh, the community in Sarsi Meadows started to change, and, and there was some very excellent and proactive leadership in that community and starting a starting a women's circle to create intercultural connections sitting down over tea and and talking about friends and family and and really bonding as a community and and it's really brought the whole community together so that's really nice to see you know another example i was just talking to a a member last week and she's got three young kids and there's actually a lot of young families in in the neighborhood too and um, there's a very good informal childcare network. So there's a lot of support for you as, uh, as, as a member of a, of a housing co-op. It's a place where you belong and where you've got security and peace of mind. But also you're building and contributing some interesting things too. You're learning about democracy, you're developing skills. You know, co-ops really develop really good diversity and really good leadership. Uh, and so we're, we're really fortunate to have a movement of very strong leaders who are really engaged and connected to their communities and, and want to share what they have with others. Uh, that, that value of cooperative uh, member, you know, of member education, it's, it's alive and well in, in the co-op housing movement.
0: We also spoke to Hazel Corcoran, Executive Director of the Canadian Worker Co-op Federation and a member and resident of the Prairie Sky Co-Housing Co-op in Calgary. Hazel's cooperative is an equity rather than a nonprofit co-op in which members own their units and use the co-op to provide common services to all the members who live there. Hazel gave me a tour of Prairie Sky's communal spaces, starting in the garden. We call this the victory garden.
2: You, um, everyone pays for the seeds and stuff and the fertilizer and then, um Everyone who wants to partake is expected to come and, you know, weed and water and things. And, um, so it's pretty communal. And then even the folks who don't participate, there's often like extra of lettuce or something where you can just, anybody comes. Yeah. That's nice.
0: So how, how many, I guess how many units are there and how many people There are
2: here? 18
0: units and I think at this point it's like
2: 40, low 40s. I don't know exactly the number. Okay. Yeah. It used to be bigger, but you know, many of us are middle-aged like me and have had kids grow up.
0: We carried on to the communal house, its dining room and lounge area, and then sat there to talk a little bit more about what it's like to live in a co-housing space like theirs.
2: Yeah, there's a dining room kind of too. Yeah. We actually had a common meal last night. We do meals um i get there. Um usually once a week. <laughs> um they're either what we call the common meal, where there's a team it's that um, will cook it. It's all organized. It's sort of a oh yeah organization. So um, probably four or five days in advance, you'll announce what the menu is, and if there's a vegetarian option, and people will sign up. And then the day of the meal, your team, well, the day before, you shop and then you cook and clean up and yeah. yeah. And then there's also potlucks, which you know. It's a little easier to
0: run. Yeah.
2: The game, but nice. Yeah. And, and there's communal laundry for people who want it mm-hmm. back there.
0: And so are there um, a lot of the original people? Like, has there been yes. a lot of turnover of sweets or is it mostly? Not very much turnover. Yeah.
2: I think around five have ever
0: turned over. Okay. 18.
2: Yeah, but a couple have turned over more than once. So it's mm-hmm. interesting that the same ones ended up doing But no, people generally uh, really love living here. That's like an old-fashioned community, you know, and all your neighbors. And yeah, yeah, neighbors. yeah. Mm-hmm. It's monthly meetings. Um, we call them business meetings, and for all everyone. If you can't be there, you're expected to give your consent because it runs on consensus. Yeah, so we got the two dishwashers, the two ovens, the big stove. Nice it's all okay. set for being able to accommodate everybody who lives here. more. Oh yeah, the other thing we do in here is house concerts where we move out all the tables and just set up chairs and have a that's musician awesome. or a few in
0: there.
2: Yeah.
0: yeah that's great. You mentioned that it is a bit of a different model than most in, in Canada which tend to be non-profit housing co-ops. So can you talk about what the difference is? How does uh, your housing co-op compare to a non-profit style housing cooperative?
2: I think the uh, the sort of large number of housing co-ops, they call them non-profit continuing housing co-ops. By and large, they've been created through government funding to get them going and they're basically rental, although they don't call it that and everyone owns a small share in the co-op and they they run it collectively but they don't own their unit and they i mean i guess what is uh unique about prairie sky co-housing co-op where we currently are i think it might be the only cooperative co-housing community in the country it's Mm. certainly among very few and um here each each household they own their own the folks own their own unit and then the cooperative piece is the the land and the what we call the common house and really the point of it is to have a stronger community and to get to know your neighbors and you know do things collectively and I think some housing
0: co-ops have that piece as well but not to the extent that a co-housing community so it's less about sort of addressing affordable housing and more about creating that intentional community
2: yeah that- I mean um, we do have some uh, renters here who are often renting a part of uh, people's units which make it an affordable option and that's how we brought in some young people but yeah it's basically in the market you know so um, we made efforts to have the units be you know far smaller than average in Calgary as well as very environmentally sustainable and so it's quite inexpensive to live here as an ownership model relative to other but that's not the major focus the major focus is community and also environmental sustainability.
0: So what was the story of how this kind of came to be Well,
2: I only joined the group a few months before move-in, but there were seven years worth of meetings prior, so there are a lot of moving parts to it. I think it was like two couples that were very interested in the possibilities and started to meet and drew in more and more people, and so there was a whole task of, you know, finding all the people needed, designing what was wanted, and... um, building the group and they work quite closely with the communitas group in edmonton as their um, kind of co-op developer to create processes so processes around consensus decision making and all the policies and what what do members give and get Um, and then there's finding the land so yeah it's quite a complex process and there have been others that have been attempted in calgary but the only other one going right now it's kind of like a partial co-housing community they people just bought units all together in a condo and then they bought one condo as their common house their common space so i think there have been other groups that have tried and not been able to to get it off the ground but there is one person who lives here who um is working with some other groups to try to get them going as co-housing so
0: okay and so what do you like about living in this kind of housing cooperative
2: Oh, it's just really wonderful to know all one's neighbors and to have all these opportunities to interact with them. It feels like a family, but sort of a chosen family, and the level of trust is really high. We've just had such positive experiences—not like a hundred percent, but ninety-nine point nine percent—that there's not any concerns about our our things, you know, being stolen or anything. Like, yeah, it just feels like a a great community, and I, it's hard to imagine living anywhere else after you've lived in a place like this. We do um, weekly meals. We do weekly coffee time. We do probably once a month or so house concerts. Um, there are gardening bees and other kinds of work bees um, to do planting and weeding and moving of dirt, and every imaginable thing. Um, in the early years, there was a whole lot of that, but it's really you know not as much nowadays. Um, cleaning bees occasionally that kind of stuff
0: so how if, if someone is to become a member of your housing co-op you know if someone was moving and what is the process that you go through to to have or to get new members here
2: um well once there are interested buyers then they need to attend a certain number of meetings and social events i think it's two meetings and one social event and then they meet with Um, there's various uh, committees that we call teams Um, the community care team is the one who mostly looks after that and they will meet with the um, person I think there's a subset or there's a group of people that are chosen to meet with them and then it's decided at a business meeting that they come in but I, I mean the only reason we can reject a member is if they won't accept the bylaws and everyone is expected to kind of know what's been agreed upon as to how we live together you know like what time do you stop having loud music Like all these kinds of things that we've set out so that we can live harmoniously together you know what kind of things do you
0: make decisions about on a, on a regular basis
2: um we have a lot fewer decisions now than we would have had in the early years of course but when we make changes like in the earlier days we did all the cleaning in the common house through teams for that and it was always a struggle because people have different standards and different availabilities and everything and so there was a decision to hire outside cleaners and everyone paid a little bit more in co Um That would have been one example. Oh, when we built the, um, the raised beds for the, the vegetable garden, that was a decision. A very big decision in the last while was to go primarily solar for our electricity needs Um, That was a multi-month long process to get to a decision and we just finally in the last few weeks decided that that would happen. A fair bit of the meetings will be also just like finding out from, you know, the different teams what have they been up to and what's coming, um, what are the social events coming.
0: And What do you think? Should there there be more housing co-ops or are you surprised that there aren't more housing cooperatives?
2: Of course it would be great if there were more. Uh, It's just, I know it's a challenging thing to
0: start, you know. But yeah, I hope that there will be more. Thank you for joining us. To give us your thoughts on anything we discuss in this episode, you can find us on Facebook or on Twitter as at co-ops underscore first. We'll be back in a few weeks with another episode of
1: The Common Share.